Welcome back to Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. I am so glad to welcome you back into the podcast studio on today as we are, are uh, uh, we are going to be having conversations this entire month. The month of March is Women's History Month. And so we're going to be talking to women. Uh, we're going to be having conversations around women's history but also around uh, heart health for women. And I'm so glad to have um, in the podcast studio uh, with us today or this week, uh, a friend, a sister, beloved, and one who um, can speak on issues of, of women uh, in the African-American community. She is a champion for uh, women's causes and women's issues. And so um, we, will, we will be right back right after this with our guests for this week. So stay with us. All right. So our topic for this week is changing the narrative, women's history and heart health, changing the narrative, women's history and heart health. And this will be part one of our discussion. We're going to begin our discussion today with, a, as I've already said, with a sister, a friend. Uh, she is a state Georgia state representative, Doreen Carter. Uh, she is referred to as Chief Community Officer. Representative Carter is known for her unwavering support of the East Metro uh, area and for identifying opportunities to improve the lives of residents and businesses in the district. She is an effective leader who advocates for vibrant communities and has a strong interest in education, public safety, and economic development. Carter serves served as chair of the East Metro DeKalb CID Formation Committee, which is the first community improvement district in South DeKalb. She is a Leadership DeKalb alumna, past president of Greater Lithonia Chamber of Commerce, and currently serves on the Brownfield Revolving Loan Fund Committee. Carter is an uh, accountant by trade and owns a financial education company. In November, 2015, Doreen Carter was elected to serve as the state representative of House District 92, which includes Rockdale County and the southernmost part of DeKalb County, including a portion of the city of Stonecrest. In May 2022, Representative Carter won her re-election to the new House District. Congratulations, yeah. including counties, uh, including the counties of Newton, Rockdale, and DeKalb, Georgia. She is a member of the following House Committees, Code Revision, Education, Code Revision, Education, Industry and Labor, Small Business Development, and Special Rules. Additionally, Carter was elected by her peers to serve as treasurer of the Georgia Legislative Black Caucus and was awarded Freshman Legislator of the Year. Carter was also honored by Georgia Association of Educators in 2022 as a legislator of the year. And she resides in Lathonia, Georgia with her three sons, Roland, Caleb, and Joshua. I um, also want to mention that she is also um, a, an advocate for women's health, particularly uh, as it relates to heart health. She hosts um, several events in the month of February around um, uh, women's health and heart health issues for women. And she particularly uh, hosts the event, uh, a Go Red for Women luncheon or events, Go Red events for women, educating the community, advocating for women as it relates to heart health and sharing her own personal story and testimony. Help me welcome our sister and our friend, 
to our podcast studio today, and that is in the person of Representative State, Georgia State Representative Doreen Carter. Welcome, Doreen. Hello, and thank you, Dr. Tony. It is a pleasure to be with you today. And uh, it to is have a pleasure having you. Yeah. It's a pleasure having you. So, Doreen, I am so excited about um, you being here with us today because um, you um, um, represent um, women's history in Georgia yeah. and um, Black history and, and all the above. And so I wanted us to have a conversation around uh, women's history and particularly around women's history and heart health. So I want you to open up uh, our conversation or um, just share with us in our in your opening comments about your journey in public office and why you are passionate about empowering women of color. Again, thank you. I'm excited to be here with you today. Um, so for me, um, getting involved in public service was kind of like how we grew up. You know, we... Uh, my household, we were involved in community events at church. My mom was always involved in something in the community, and we had these social savings clubs. So it was always instilled in us to get involved and get engaged. And we always wanted to, uh, wherever we were, we wanted to make sure we made it better, right? So, uh, so how I got into politics in particular, and it's, uh, we, I still laugh about it, you know, 20 something years later, we uh, bought the house that we live in and did not know at the time that we had bought a house in a little city. <laughs> uh, and then found out we lived in the city of Lithonia. And so just started because of, you know, just like I said, just being involved in the community. So we just started volunteering, volunteering in, you know, city, in the city, in various events. Then one day I, uh, I thought, I got some gifts. <laughs> I can help out. Not really, really understanding what I was getting myself into, but I knew how important it was to serve, right? So um, like I said, growing up at our church, we were always involved in something in the community, yeah. um, uh, whether it was going visiting orphanages, orphanages or just volunteering around the church. So being involved and volunteering was just what we do. Right. But realized after being elected that it is very different when you're in public office which side of the table you're on oh, okay uh, and so i i uh, we have been talking about uh various things that was happening in our town we had you know uh right after being elected we had someone that had gotten run over uh by by a train and lived and that was like crazy to me. I was like, oh my God. But what happened with that situation, we had been hearing about, there had been so many incidents and I, it didn't make sense to me. But what we what we realized is there were no crossing arms at a major intersection. Mm. So because of my advocacy, because I'm just going to go and get involved, I actually was able to negotiate with CSX Railroad and the county transportation. And it took three years Mm -hmm. But we were able to get that done. And I, you know, I, I really realized that part of being in elected office, we're passing policy and doing things like that. But then sometimes you got to get things done for the community and you have to have some stick to itiveness. Okay. And, um, and I attribute that honestly, I, I give him uh kudos all the time. My high school band director. Okay. Well, people, some people don't really understand. I know you, you, you get it. How important music is. Yes. But us, being growing up in the inner city here in Atlanta, we had a high school band director that not only cared about us musically, but he cared about our education. But okay. he said something to us back then, and it, and it stuck with me. He told us, "Do not come home without your degree." Wow. Okay. He said, do not come home without your degree. And that stuck with me because I came home because I couldn't take, I was in school in Mississippi, but I came, I you know, Mississippi in the early 80s was a different little place, right? Mm -hmm. So I came back home and I just remember I was working during the day, going to school at night, and I kept hearing in the back of, in the back of my head his voice, 
don't come home without a degree. So that means finish. And what that did for me was I didn't care what it was, what I committed myself to, I had to finish it. Okay. And so I've taken that philosophy in everything that I do, and especially in public service. So that's how I got started was the city council here in Lithonia. It's how I got started. And when that's when I realized the power of being elected and being able to do things to improve your community. And you know, that's amazing because with you know, March is women's history month and um, it's just when we talk about women's history, women are have been champions for change in our communities yes. for so long. And we don't even think about some of the changes that we have been champions for. Like you said, a stop sign, uh, I mean, a, a traffic the light. Process, yeah, yes. yeah, to make a community safe, right? Yes. And so, um, it just, so many women that throughout history have been champions for change like that. And it started with seeing just seeing something and having a heart to serve. Right. And, you know, and, and, and with that situation, like now when we're working on uh, hard issues mm -hmm. and even in the General Assembly where I could just serve, you always hear people say we can't work with CSX. And I'm like, wait a minute. I've got a victory on my side with CSX. And so I remember that. And I'm like, no, we if we we're gonna talk to them, they human, they're people just like us. And so and that's what it takes, really, being able to see an issue, find whatever you can, and then you gotta hear God's voice because I I honestly I almost messed that deal up and God said, close your mouth. <laughs> and the guy, because I thought the guy was getting ready to tell me no. And but he had he was saying that this won't work. But this will. Had okay. I interrupted him, I wouldn't have got to the but this will. Oh. Okay. Uh -huh. And so I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And so we were able to get that project done. It didn't cost taxpayers not one dime. And so that was the beginning of my elected office and being able to stay focused and to be able to see that, that you can accomplish things even when it's hard, but you just got to be uh, committed. You have to listen. Yeah, mm -hmm. you have some humility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, yeah, and we can see good things happening. And that and that goes for just about every area of life, right? That yes. goes. You yes. Know, and this podcast is about self care, health, wellness, and um, about living holistically. And yes. so, um, one of the things that you have been a champion for. Um, and bills that you have co-sponsored. You've, you've been a champion for victims of uh, women, female victims of uh, domestic violence. Um, and you have been a champion for women's, um, for the goal, uh, you've been in partnership with the American Heart Society in their Go Red for Women health campaign. Right. And, um, and I know that you have a personal testimony <laughs> that goes with that. And so, Talk to us about that. Share a little bit of your, your journey and your testimony with heart health. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, one of the things that we um, continue to hear is heart disease is the number one cause of death with women. Mm -hmm. And even though uh, we had history in my family mm -hmm. with uh, death with heart disease, I never thought it would be me. Oh. And and even going, you know, when I think about this journey, even from the city council to now, one of the other things that I used to fight for is having, uh, we live in a food desert and how we were going to have quality food, right? And what we began to learn is how we eat is really our medicine. Mm -hmm. And um, how we eat is our medicine. As a matter of fact, um, one nutrition um, that I um, went to a class with, um, I was at, in a class uh, with that's sponsored by Kaiser and, and the nutritionist that was teaching that class says that um, our healthy food is free medicine. It is. It is. And, and, and that's what I'm saying, going back even with early in my, uh, and not really understanding it, but early in my political career, just knowing how important it was to have quality food in our community. And anyone that knows me know that I am a foodie. But what I didn't understand was how certain foods affected my body, right? Mm. And so how I got to this place, we were 
Uh, I think this was like the mid 80s, maybe. My grandmother actually died of a massive heart attack. Wow. And as uh, we we were actually in church back then when they used to have them Friday night revivals. <laughs> it was the last night of revival. And uh, we had gone to church. I think my grandmother, my dad, and I, we were the only one who had gone to church that particular night. And what I remember was my grandmother at the uh, podium at the front with the pastor, and she was giving her testimony. It was like, it was just... It was, you know, thinking about it was like the most glorious thing that you could ever see because it was like you, you, it was like she was just having a conversation with God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As she walked back to her seat, I think she worked, let's set maybe like three rows from the front over in that little corner. And then she kind of just slid over. And, you know, we back there not really realizing what's going on, but, you know, quickly realized something wasn't right. They took her to the hospital once we got there, they pronounced her, she was dead. She had had a massive heart attack. And going back to our, how we eat her, our food, because, you know, we ate like typical black people from the country. They ate all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. That was our first sign that something was, you know, in our in our bloodline. But still, you know, really, no one's teaching us about food. Yeah. Then in, uh, and we're not paying attention to our family medical history. Yes, because uh-huh. and, and I think we'll talk about that because because part of part of what I am um, discovering with myself, with even knowing, I'm learning that it's not enough to know because in my oh, <laughs> oh my God, you you singing my song? Listen, yeah. listen. You know when I because I was I was recently at your event, your go red, yes. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I just was so inspired. As a matter of fact, our next uh, part two of this conversation, Dr. Uh, Jane Morgan is yes. coming on with me and Amen. she's going to do part two of this conversation. And when I left there, it was so much, so much information, so much knowledge. But I was thinking about the scripture that says we perish for the lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. But as I was, I was, I was saying that, and then the spirit, the Holy Spirit, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, we don't just perish for the lack of knowledge. We also perish. We perish for the lack of knowledge and action. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We don't. And really, to be truthful, um, when you think about the word knowledge in its truest sense, to um, knowledge in, in our Western way of looking or, or understanding is about a cerebral or head knowledge. Mm-hmm. But in, in more Eastern and African cultures, knowledge is not a, a, a mental ascent. Knowledge is experience. Yes. And so it's not just what we, it's the, it's the you know, like Jesus said, you should know the truth and the truth. Should, it's the, the truth that you know, the truth that you apply makes right. you free. Absolutely. Not just having a Absolutely. Knowledge. And that's what's beautiful about, um, as we, as I really have gone through this journey, um, and so like in you know, July the 14th, 1994, I got this phone call and my sister told me that my mama was gone. I thought I was going to lose my mind. And I was like, but I had picked up the phone to call her. And I remember, this is so crazy. I remember picking up the phone and I put it back down because I said, oh, she's asleep. Mm. My mom was gone, had died in her sleep of a heart attack is, is what they believe. So even with the two of them. And let me say I'm. I give you my condolences on that. I've lost my mother and I, I and yeah. we and we had time to, you know, you're never ready. You never ready. You're never ready, but I can't imagine they're here one minute and gone, you know, like that. It's Almost pretty devastating. Right. It's pretty devastating. And so um with 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 that, with knowing my, you know, my grandmother. And my mother, I still, nothing in me led me to believe that it would ever be me. Um, And so I'm, you know, starting to go to the doctor regularly. And they were like, you need to start, you need to check this. And you might want to think about, you know, losing some weight. And um, in 2015, I actually had... um, 
my first episode of a heart attack. But what we are learning now, and that's why I love you here, Dr. Jane, coming on, because what's happening now is there's so much that we're learning. Mm -hmm. So when I had my first son in uh, 1997, uh, I had an emergency C-section. And I remember after we came home from the hospital, my blood pressure was elevated. Right. And we went back to the doctor Mm -hmm. and what they said was uh, it was the fluids, you know, so they they, they thought it was, you know, because you have all these things going on. We do, Mm -hmm. you don't have major surgery Mm because C-section is major surgery. Right. Mm -hmm. But now what they're discovering is if a woman has never had high blood pressure and she's uh, and she's pregnant and her pressure begins to elevate or in, in my case, my pressure elevated after the baby that that is like one of the first signs of saying that showing that you are predisposed to uh, cardiovascular disease we didn't know even though i had history right my grandmother died my mother died but i still um didn't really know we've come to accept you know we've come to accept certain things as norms or normal yeah. for us. So, you know, well, you know, high blood pressure runs in my family or hypertension runs in my family or diabetes. You know what I'm saying? It does. Just- but, but here's what was, was what for, and then I think those are the things you're right. So we see those, right? But in our case, my grandmother had never been diagnosed with high blood pressure. My mother had not been diagnosed with high blood pressure, mm-hmm. right? And so it wasn't anything that we were uh, thinking about. And at the time, I don't even believe that the research and the studies had shown that these are indicators that we should begin okay. to look at. Okay. So yeah, so 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 if you have, uh, you know, if you have diabetes and all these other things that's going on in your body, then yeah, you know, you need to start looking at that. But then if you're like in my like with me, there are no indications that will get show you that these are happening. Uh, even when I had the heart attack in 2015, my blood pressure, it was a little elevated, but it wasn't really high, right? Mm-hmm. My cholesterol wasn't even off. <laughs> wow. So, so all of the things that they're showing you, but but now as, as we go on and there's more that we learn, uh, it's starting to understand that even though it wasn't showing, my behavior around food was triggering things in my body that had just not manifested yet. Mm. And I think that, yeah, and I think that's part of the story where Your the behavior around food. My behavior around food. And that is why I am so intent to share as much information as I can around cardiovascular disease because there are so many indicators that we just don't see. Um, and when I was having a heart attack, I didn't have the typical, um, uh, signs that they tell you that you, when you're having a heart attack. So one of the other things after learning what I did, I, I, I push people to get involved in various studies. Mm-hmm. So when new med, when they're looking at new medication of various things, a lot of times the people who participate in those studies don't look like us. So mm-hmm. when they when they get the research back and they're trying to determine, you know, mm-hmm. the dosages and all of that, mm-hmm. black women are not in that equation. So then we don't have that information. And I know some people push back on studies, but you we have to. Whether it's cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, uh, cancers, all these various things that's happening, and we're not in those studies, we are not gonna be in those equations so we can understand how certain things affects our bodies, right? Well, now, if that wasn't enough, the 2015, oh, so let me back up. So after I had the heart attack, my current cardiologist- um, Let me ask you this. So you had a heart attack, but you had no signs. So I felt like, like I didn't feel good. Right, I was gonna say that. I didn't didn't feel good, but but what what I, what, when I think back, because that was a Sunday, so that Friday, I had stopped somewhere to eat, 
got something to eat, went to the office, and I was in the office, and I was eating. I felt this pain in my chest, and I jokingly told my coworkers, I said, oh, Lord, that hurt. I said, if I'm having a heart attack, y'all call 911. But we were joking, right? That was Friday. Then that Saturday, I went to West Georgia to take my son to do a college tour, and I just was tired. And I told him, I said, listen, you walk on with the people, I'm going to sit right here. And then when I got home, I laid down, I had chills still. But that morning when I woke up, I just didn't feel good. And I thought I had indigestion. And so I was going to self-diagnose myself. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't put out my phone. I don't with the Google. I don't with the, uh, what's that, Med, MD, honey. And, I, and so I was like, well, I sent, I sent my son to the store. I said, Lisa, go get me some ginger ale and some and some saltine crackers. You know, I'm just saying. And then after a while, it was like, it was a few hours. I was like, you know what, man, something not right. And I actually, that's when I went on and called 911. The boys were a little younger. So I said, let me tell them what I'm about to do. And even when the paramedics got to the house uh, and they were checking me out, the guy said, my, my blood pressure, like I said, wasn't, it was a little high, but it wasn't like, you know, mm -hmm. 180 or something, right? right and right. Then he said, well, he said, he said, your heart rhythm sounds a little off, but we'll let the doctors check it out when we get there. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm all nonchalant. <laughs> so we get in the um, ambulance and um, the guy put a nitroglycerin tablet under my tongue. I ain't thinking nothing of it. And he was like, well, how you feel? I was like, well, you know, that nitroglycerin will give you a headache. I said, well, that shot to my head. Mm -hmm. and we're just talking so clearly he sees something and then he puts another tablet under my tongue and i'm still I'm like we're going to the doctor i'm like okay i needed i needed some rest it'll give me a chance to chill uh -huh. not thinking anything all i know is this man hit the back of that um the window in the ambulance and said bells and whistles get her to the hospital and I'm so silly. All I could think was, oh my, this I might ought to pray. I'm still not mm -hmm, mm -hmm. thinking at all that this is serious, even though he said, get me there. And what I loved about what they did was when they got me to the hospital, I said I was having an ER moment. They ripped off my clothes, took me for the thing, put me on the thing. And it wasn't until really the next day where they actually told me what was happening. Okay. And I can really appreciate that because I may have panicked if they had told me there. All I knew was my potassium was low, my magnesium was low, but they never told me what was happening. And um, so they did an angiogram and kind of found out I had 100% blockage. And, uh, and what the doctor said, had I not come on to the hospital, I probably would have died in my sleep. So I guess the lesson is... If you're not feeling good, don't grab your phone like I did, unless you call it now. Don't get yourself checked out. Don't be trying. Because, you know, it was like, and, you know, the other, you know, being very transparent, um, at that time, too, I didn't have health insurance. Oh. And okay. so that probably was something that I was thinking about, because I think they had just come up with the uh, the marketplace or something, but I still didn't have any. And I, all I could think about was, man, I'm not trying to make any deals, but I'm so glad I did. But that was just the beginning of this journey, because uh, my doctor, well, the doctor that I eventually went to see, she had me to go to cardiac rehab. And that was the other thing too. If you don't cardio you know, like rehab, what so explain what that is? So, so after you have a, a, a episode, whether it's a stroke, heart attack, or whatever, they you go through rehab because what they begin to teach you is how to exercise and how to strengthen your heart. Okay. okay. Because now it becomes more about how do you take care of your heart. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, the doctor who saw me at the hospital. And I appreciate him. So what he did, because like I said, at the time I didn't have any insurance. So what he did was he enrolled me in a study, which was great, but he never mentioned cardiac rehab. Oh. But the other doctor, she sent me to cardiac rehab. And that's another, uh, uh, what they were saying, that's another, I guess, indicator that improved life expectancy if you, after you've had an episode that you go to cardiac rehab. Okay. 
Okay. And so I was very, you know, appreciative of, of that. Um, so it's just, and again, having uh, access to care and having uh, knowledgeable doctors are very, very important. Having access to care and knowledgeable doctors. Wow. Right. And so, and so here's the thing, like the information that we're sharing now. So what you do is when you go to the doctor, now you can start to ask certain questions because sometimes we don't ask questions. Sometimes they, some doctors act like they're in a hurry. So I'm, I'm like, nope. I got my pad because I done made notes in my phone. I got questions. You not gonna run up out of here until we get these questions answered. And, and you know, and it's and, and you know what, Doreen, that's so that is so important because that's that's us taking our health in our own hand. Yes, that's advocating for ourselves, and and even when we have our our seniors and and, uh, and others in our family that we sometimes have to advocate for them. Yes. And make sure doctors take their time, that they yes. answer questions. And I know that, you know, they're busy and they're seeing other patients other than us, but other than you, when you go in there, but you need to be the advocate. And ask you have to be the advocate. And it doesn't matter whether you, uh, whether you have insurance or not, the doctor, if you're in there with them, they need to see you, they need to answer your question. But if you're not getting information, then you don't really know what questions to ask. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, my doctors who had been seeing me, they did tell me, okay, Carter, you need to lose some weight. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember going back to seeing the doctor to, to tell them that I had a heart attack. They were sh in shock. Mm -hmm. the, the cardiologist that I had been seeing before the one I see now was in total shock that I had had an, a heart attack because what they were looking at is pre-warning signs. And so when people tell you that it's the silent killer, it is because you really just don't know. And so now that goes back to, I'm going back to where I was saying, you know, knowing what to do is not enough because then um, a few years later, what year was that? Uh, 2020, I think it was. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I mean, I did try to manage my stress a little bit because my doctor, I talked to her before I ran for office, but, you know, she said, well, you know, you need to manage your stress. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. But um, I still, you know, I was just doing me. And it was, was it in December, maybe? I, I don't know, I think maybe December 2020, 2019, I'm confused now, that I was literally driving home I got off 285. I was riding down Covington Highway. I was close to the house and my car did something weird. And I was like, God, my car acting crazy. And I was on the phone with somebody. They was like, your voice don't sound right. I said, do sound funny, don't it? <laughs> <laughs> Still not uh, me. I'm just, even with have gone experienced what I had, I'm still like not realizing anything's going on. I mean, I'm just being, I guess, being a goofball. I don't know. So okay. I am, uh, less than a mile from home. And, you know, he's like, you need to pull over. I was like, for what? I'm almost home. And I literally missed my street. I was supposed to turn left and I missed my street, but I ended up cutting through this parking lot and um, through the uh, city hall parking lot because I missed my street. And I just live, you know, across from there, right? So I was like, I was just gonna go home. I had a long, had a long day at work, but I'm still not feeling weird or anything. Just know my voice is off. Mm -hmm. And some guy runs up on me and said, I hit his car. I was like, who is this crazy man? I ran up on my, I ran up on my like this, right? And I know it was the grace of God because if, he had not stopped me and I and cars were coming, I would have just drove on to the house. And I, I backed up and I was I said, let me um call the city clerk and tell the send an officer out here. And I called my son. I said, hey, walk down here because some man is mm -hmm. telling me I hit his car. And so he uh, my son came, he was like, My your car, uh, your car is dead. I'm like, what? Y'all, I, I mean, this is crazy. So I get out the car and my legs give out. Mm. I was literally having a stroke. That is crazy. So again, most of the time when people have a stroke or aneurysm, they have a headache. I didn't have a headache. Mm. 
So that's God again looking out for me. I'm like, this is this is insane. And so when the paramedics came, uh, I had on my mask because I'm like, where are y'all masks? You know, it's COVID at this point. And he's looking at me like, I guess my face was doing something weird. So he took me to the hospital and I said, this is crazy. I said, now I've had two different episodes and nothing really gave me any indication because I don't even think work that day was very stressful, but something was happening in my body. So now what I say, that was just maybe God prepping me because now I'm doing this study and I found out something else. I, I feel like I'm a lab rat. <laughs> I'm like, look, guinea pig. So, so you're doing medical studies. You're you're a part of the medical yeah, studies. Yeah, so okay. this is insane. So this study that I'm doing and now. Are you currently in one right now? I'm currently in a study. Okay. And this is insane. The, I qualified for this study because I survived a heart attack and a stroke. Okay. So part of our cholesterol, there's a part of the blood, there's something that's called lipoprotein. Okay. And so what they've been researching, and now this is something that as much as we go to the doctor, I never heard this word before. Lipo what lipoprotein. So okay. what they're seeing is there's there's depending on your levels of your lipoprotein is an indi indicator of that if you would could would potentially have a stroke. Because basically your blood is is Somebody said blood is a little too thick, but what the doctor at the hospital said that my veins were thin. And so what, what, um, and I'm, I'm really just sharing this stuff now because there are just things that we just don't know to ask. So everybody that I talk to now, I call my siblings. I said, when you go get your annual and you, um, have your blood work check, have your doctor check your lipoprotein. And this goes back Is to the a blood test, um, Doreen. Yes, it's just our regular blood work. So when they check your cholesterol, when you do all your, your blood okay. work, it's, it's one of the numbers in your cholesterol. Okay. You okay. know, they tell us about our good cholesterol, bad cholesterol, mm -hmm. but I never had anyone talk about the lipoprotein. Lipoprotein, okay. But mm -hmm. this goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the food, right? There are some foods that we eat that affects the way our blood breaks down in our bodies, right? So when we started talking about... Um, uh, being diabetic or our insulin. There are certain foods that have an adverse effect on how our blood flows and how it affects our insulin. And so that's why we have to not only just help people to understand that you got to go to the doctor, you got to check out, check yourself out, but we also have to change some of the stuff that we eat. The, even the things that we enjoy that we think are good. Oh, yeah. That we, yeah. And, and, and that we that we think even some of the stuff we think is good for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know, we, yeah. And so, I feel like um, I feel, you know, some, you know, some, one of my um, clients, you know, she was, I was, she was talking about how much she likes fruit and why well, eat a lot of fruit. And I said, well, even with fruit, you have to be careful. You can't eat too much fruit because it, you know, fruit, that sugar, natural sugar, Right, uh, you it has a lot of sugar. It's natural sugar. Right. It's better than processed sugar. But too much of anything is not good for you. Absolutely. So, like one of the things that I love is pineapple. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to take pineapple out of my diet because it's too much sugar. And then the other thing is, um, I do advocate eating more fruits and vegetables. But like, I try not to eat fruit after noon. Because my body needs time to break it down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and so I, when our glucose level gets too high over a period of time, that's when we start getting diabetes. Mm. Right. And so it's like there are things. And then we're we eating all day. We're eating all night. We don't cut our eating off. And right. we don't give our body an opportunity to process the food. The process. We've eaten. And, you know, right. people, I'm going on these, I'm doing an intermittent fasting. I'm like, you know what? If we would eat like we should eat, you automatically are doing intermittent fasting. Absolutely. You cut your eating off at a particular time. For me, it's seven o'clock. Okay. And yes. then I don't eat again until the next morning. Right. That's what breakfast means. It's breakfast. Yes. Yes. But if I'm eating till nine, 10, 11, God knows, one and two in the morning, I'm just constantly putting food in my body and not giving right. it my pancreas, my liver, anything, time to process anything that I've eaten. 
Right. And that's why going back to like now we're starting to learn more and more. Right. But how do we consistently do right? I think that's what we with the accountability. We don't really talk about our food. We don't talk about our health. We don't talk about these things. And so we need accountability. So one of the one of the things that I've been working on is to get us to change our behavior, even down at the General Assembly. So they, they have food everywhere, but it's so many carbs. And it's in the way you, the way I grew up eating breakfast, it's all carbs, but mm -hmm. it's killing us. So mm -hmm. now, now when we have these uh, lunches and these meals, the people who are ordering the food, they were like, "Y'all know we gotta have some salads." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, it's, uh, we need vegetables, fresh vegetables. Well, we need more fresh vegetables. Again, going back to food being our medicine. And I tell them every year, I said, <clears throat> excuse me, I said, listen, I am not trying to take your meat. I just want you to eat more vegetables. And right. so every day we just try to do better and better every day. And then the other thing we have to do is drink water. Yeah. And I never, I guess, if you never had anyone teaching you why you have to drink water or why you're supposed to eat certain things, you just don't do it. Well, I realized that the, the more hydrated I am, the better my blood flow is also. Yeah. And so that's something that people don't understand. They, they say they don't like water. I totally stopped drinking sodas. You totally stopped drinking sodas. I stopped drinking sodas when my son was born. And he's 20, um, he'll be 27 this year. Right. And so, and you know, catch no Kool-Aid in my house. <laughs> but that's what we grew up with, right? We grew up with the Kool-Aid. We didn't do a and lot of soda. Five pound bag of sugar in it. Oh my God. Yes. And then once you started retraining your taste buds, you can't eat all of that. So, I know if I um, if I eat something sweet, it totally throws my body off. I and can't so I have to put it in my mouth. I can't even put it in my mouth. Yeah, if I put in, it, I just can't even. I can't tolerate it. It's too much sugar, and and, and it's just I, I, because I've been off of it so long. My right. palate, and that's the other thing we have to change. We have to learn to change our palate. Yeah, uh, we enjoy. We have, and we have to stop saying what we don't like when it comes to our healthy eating you know i don't like water i don't like this or i don't you know we have to stop saying that and change or, yeah. mind. or find water that you like so like me there is a now all my friends know they see this little blue bottle that's my favorite water i don't care where we are i um i'll go in a restaurant in a minute and take my own water with me yep. me too <laughs> so drinking my water but being you know being honest and transparent um, I do good for a while and then I fall off. But mm -hmm. then I'm like, okay, so I make sure that I'm checking my weight, I'm checking my blood sugar. Uh, I, I'm not doing it every day like I should, but then I start seeing certain things. Okay, you know what? You don't went way too far to the left. You need to reel this back in. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's what we've got to get to the point where we recognize the certain things that we're doing and then be conscious enough to change the behavior recognize the things that we're doing yes conscious enough to change the behavior that you know what that's worth yes. the everything you you've been talking about today and and so let me say this because that leads me to my next question so you said it's recognizing the things that we're doing or being conscious enough to recognize the things that we're doing and then changing our behavior yes so talk to us about now how does that relate to us? How do we change the narrative for African-American women and families? Because we know that heart disease is one of the major, one of the number one. It is uh, the number one cause of death in women, black women. Number one cause of death. So how yes. do we change that narrative? So, so we have to talk about it, right? We have to talk about our food and then just consciously where we have influence. So the lunch. Right. So I consciously uh, asked for a meal that was heart healthy. OK. OK. Right. And so when we when we were hosting events, well, where I've gone to events and I see that we have the same traditional foods. But when I'm hosting an event, 
I consciously order food that I know is is better for our heart. And then I tell people why I did that. So okay. now we begin to change the space where we are. Uh, if I go out to eat, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have a steak, I may not eat the whole steak, but the majority of my plate is gonna be vegetables. So went out the other day, I ordered two vegetables and and, and some salmon I, instead of getting some mac and cheese and some rice. <laughs> I mean, we eat now. You can't really. The best thing is to eat at home, right? Yeah, Cook, that's the truth. That food. is the truth. Yes. The best thing is to eat at home and eat the right thing at home. Right. But I know me. I like eating out. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to eat out, then I know that the sacrifice is going to have to be you better get some vegetables in that plate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and then, I recently yeah. found out last year, um, one of my guests, Brenda Troy, was on. And she said, I didn't even realize that mac and cheese is really considered meat. You said it's considered meat? Mm -hmm, because of the cheese. The cheese. But it's absolutely not a vegetable. Right. And so <laughs> she was saying, like, you know, all those carbs. Have, her church has a daycare center. And mm -hmm. so she said, um, when they put their menu out, the state, they're, they're in Ohio, the state of Ohio lists mac and cheese as a meat. So if they have mac yeah. and cheese on the children's plate, that's considered the meat for their meal. Oh, I love that because it's mm -hmm. absolutely a protein. Because it's exactly because of the cheese. That's what makes it the meat. And so she was like, so think about this. You, you're eating. She was saying, she said, like at Thanksgiving, we want turkey and dressing and mac and cheese. She said, but if you get the turkey, you really shouldn't have the mac and cheese. Right. But we want it all on our plate, right? Right. The turkey, the dressing. Because think about, yeah, the turkey, the dressing, the mac and cheese. Okay, where are the vegetables? Because everything on there is a carb. Everything. everything. So, and, yeah, and so and so um, now it's okay for breakfast. Instead of doing a traditional Southern breakfast, have some fruit. Even if, so like, even if I'm going to scramble me an egg, I'm going to have an apple. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Or some grapes. So, and you so can, like today, I went. You know, I went. My husband and I went to breakfast today with a, a friend, of, friends of ours, and we had a great time. And so, I ordered a um, a veggie omelet. Okay. Right. And mm -hmm. um, and I had grits. Okay. Right. But they so all you know, I had the veggie omelet. We had a meat um for for. They they had like these um salmon egg roll things. So we ordered some of those as appetizers. So when it came time to order my meal, because I had already had a couple of those um salmon uh egg rolls, I didn't order catfish and grits. I just I ordered I wanted grits, but I ordered a veggie omelet, egg white omelet at that instead of having another meat because I had just had the salmon. Right. And and the other thing was they put this huge um uh piece of bread on the plate. I didn't even realize that that came with it. Right? It was a, a croissant, but it was really really big and mm. it had a lot of butter and stuff on it. And so I was like, "Oh my goodness." So I said, "Hmm." I took a small piece of it because I wanted to taste it. And I took a small piece of it, ate just a little piece. And then I put it to the side. I didn't eat the you whole croissant. That's the other thing. We think because it's on our plate, we have to eat all of it. Right, right. And see, right. And then so so then so let's let's say if I had eaten a meal a meal like that, then my next meal might be a salad. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and and um so, and prior so to going there, I had a green smoothie. And my green okay. smoothie consists of right. my green smoothie consists of um kale, spinach, avocado, and some fruit. Okay. So I had that before I went to out to to to, to eat. So now yes. this evening my meal will be I'll probably do some, I like tuna, so I'll pop me some can of tuna, a can of tuna, put it on a bed of lettuce, and that's it. Right. 
And that's the thing. It's the, you can still enjoy everything you want to. You just gotta make some make some adjustments. But one of the things when when you're when you're where I was, and I'm still considered obese, but you know I've lost about fifty pounds. You have got to yeah. And you look great. I, yeah, I, I still got about fifty more. I know, I but you look good. I'm telling you, you're doing a great job. But now it's like okay, Rick. I have to tell myself reel it back in. You had to discipline yourself and be and make some sacrifices. Then you know, if I decide that I want to eat any kind of way, then I know I got to cleanse and I got to get back on a few days. I got to just do right. And that water and and the one thing I love seeing you is your consistent exercise. So I try to get my steps in, but I'm not you know consistently exercising. But at least four times a week, I absolutely get thirty minutes of cardio in. That's got good. to exercise. That's good. Because again, for me, it's all about heart health. What do I need to do to manage and maintain my heart? I'll say this. Um, once I started dropping the weight, going back to the food being our medicine, I actually was able to come off a couple of my medications because again, after having a heart attack and a stroke, you have to go on some medications. But I actually came off the heart or the blood pressure medicine because the food was beginning to regulate my blood pressure. Wow. When I eat right. Yeah. So that, you know, there is so many things on this Your blood pressure. I love it. I love it. The food, not the medicine, was regulated. Now, that doesn't mean that we just stop taking our medicine. We go, she's in the doctor's care. She's, She's in clinical trials and working through all of this. So don't just go off and listen to this and be like, oh, I'm throwing my medicine away. No, don't, no, no, no. We're not saying that at all. And, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I was taking my blood pressure on a regular basis. And that's why, you know, I was I was taking my medicine to take my blood pressure and my pressure started dropping. And I was like, whoa, what in the world? And that's when we were finding out that uh, as I was losing, I was losing weight, but it was what I was eating to lose weight, which well, weight allowed for kitchen. Yes, and so and so that food, and I can tell you, but I can I can I don't have to take my blood pressure if I if I eat something, and if it has too much salt, I already know I messed up. So then I just have to wash it out, and and it is it is it is critical that I minimize how often I eat out because I have to manage that sodium. It's because people these restaurants have so much um sodium in the food yeah. and that's that's a big thing so i uh i took breads out of my diet pastas rices all that i will occasionally eat some but that's not something i'm gonna eat all the time and i'm okay with that because yeah. what i have begun to learn i've expanded my vegetable repertoire. And you've, ex- and you've expanded your palate. You have grown. Yes, it. I've expanded my palate. Yes. So, I mean, look, wow. I had some other laugh, but I eat Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I love Brussels sprouts. And cauliflower. But we didn't grow up eating them. No. We did not grow we up eating Brussels sprouts and asparagus. I got to the point where I, where I eat beets, though, because I, I, I need to, I know I need to add that into my life. And so, yeah. I got to get to the point where I, I can eat them and enjoy them. So I do like beets, but I have to minimize how, how, how I, when I eat beets, just because of the, my, you know, my blood makeup, but I, I never thought that I would eat beets. When I tell you, I was so happy one day I roasted my own beets. Look at me. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to roast them. I think that's what I'll do. Oh, my God. I love. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'll get some recipes. We need to swap some recipes. Absolutely. I mean, because it's not about just totally being restricted, but we do have to restrict some of the things because Mm. it's new ways to do uh, cauliflower. Yeah, I roast my cauliflower. I do a, like a Parmesan cauliflower in one okay. of my roaster pots and stuff. So we'll, you know what? We'll just have to share. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we have to come back and talk about food because they just show me how to do uh, tacos. They call them uh, zucchini boats. So you just gut the zucchini and put the taco stuff in the zucchini, and that's my shell. Yeah, I, said, oh, right. I can do this. <laughs> well, listen. Thank you again, Doreen, for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. We have been such a dynamic dialogue partner. Do you have one last thing you want to share with us real quick before we sign off? 
I think the most important thing is we talk about uh, women's history and heart health is to find you a network of individuals who are committed to changing their lives. And y'all do it together because the scripture tells us there is safety in the multitude of counselors. And so I would say, let's do that. Let's learn to eat healthy. Uh, let's learn to, to do the things that we need to do, but do it in a collective, find you some people. And I'll say, you know, actually come hang out with me on social media. You can always find Doreen Carter. Oh, wow. Doreen, I'm going to, I'm going to share with them where they can find you. And this is confirmation because they, um, those that have been following us know that we started a self-care network for women of color in tw yes. uh, 2020. And so when you talk about us being a collective and working together, I just launched an intentional self-care program and I have 13 women in that program Amen. right now. And we're taking this whole year to be very intentional and we're uh, working together as a group and I'm coaching them individually uh, in the area of self-care, health and wellness and making these changes in their life. And so what you're saying is so true. When we work yes. together, we can make it happen. So I want to yes. let people know where they can find you, Doreen. They can find you, uh, Doreen Carter um, at DoreenCarter.com. That is her yes. website. She is on Facebook, as she said. You can find her on Facebook uh, at Doreen Carter. You can find her on Instagram at Doreen Carter. And you can find her on Twitter at Doreen Carter 4GA. Doreen yeah. Carter 4GA. She even has a YouTube channel um, there, Doreen Carter 9052. And she is on LinkedIn at Doreen yes. Carter MBA. Look her up, Google her, um, uh, be a part of her Go Red for Women campaign uh, that she is connected yes. to with the, the National Heart Association. Um, she does a program every year, and I'm so excited. The next year, I am. We are partnering with her. The Harmonize Your yes. Life Women's Self Care Network will be one of the sponsors of the Go Red yes. of, of for for women luncheon or brunch or whatever it is we're doing. Yeah, we do. Cause we we're gonna change the narrative. We we are we we are working on getting to the point where we will not be saying that cardiovascular disease is the number one cause of death in Black women. We are out here because we want women to live. That's right. We want women to live. And with that in mind, I do want you to know that you are listening to the Harmonize Your Life podcast. You can find us on Apple, Anchor, Anchor Google, and Spotify. We also go to my YouTube channel. If you are not subscribed to my YouTube channel, please, please go there, like, subscribe, share this information. We perish for yeah. the lack of knowledge and we perish for the lack of action. And I have a whole catalog of professional women like um, Doreen Carter who are or on our podcast talking about health, wellness, fitness, nutrition, you name it. We run the gamut on grief yeah. recovery, mental yeah. illness, all that mental health, all those things, relationships, finances, everything, career development, all those things that make us live holistic and harmonious lives. So go to my YouTube channel at Dr. Tony uh, G. Alvarado and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network. Join yes. the network. You can go to my website at drtonyalvarado.com. Click the self-care network, click join, and you're in there. Um, um, it is uh, uh, for the for, for less than what you will pay for a cup of coffee. You can be mm -hmm. a member of the Harmonize Your Life Women's mm -hmm. Self-Care Network. You heard Doreen mm -hmm. say, find a group of women who are concerned about self-care for themselves and for their community, and let's get healthy together. And yes. that's what I love about being connected to women like Doreen and the women who are part of the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network. We're going to sign it. off here um, um, and we'll be back for part two of this conversation with Dr. Jane Middlebrooks uh, Morgan, who I met at uh, Doreen Carter's Go Red for Women brunch yeah. um, uh, uh, last month. I met her there. She was a speaker and I just knew that she had to be on this podcast. So we're talking yes. about for the, for the month of March on Women's History Month, we are changing the narrative concerning women's history and heart health.
for women of color. We are changing the narrative. And so stay with us for part two of this conversation on the Harmonize Your Life Conversations for Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. I'll see you soon. Bye.